Hi everyone, welcome to Inequality. This is our first episode and we're super excited. Today, we're going to talk about a movement that has gained a lot of attention recently, the Black Lives Matter movement. We're also going to share our personal experiences with racism and stories we've heard through our friends. So here we go! Okay, so let's start off with this question that has always bugged me. But can we talk about the fact that George Floyd had to die for people to realize how unfair and horrible our world has become? I mean, honestly, I'm not even sure we will still be talking about George Floyd by the time this airs. It doesn't matter how tragic this story is. People tend to forget really quickly, and especially when it comes to black people being harmed. Yeah, and even if people nowadays are well aware about this issue, it's still a major problem. I don't want to sound rude, but I feel like some people don't really care and they are reposting stuff on social media just to follow the trend. Which, by the way, shouldn't even be a trend. Yeah, and I think for both of us, it's a really hard pill to swallow because, well, at least to me... Like, when you post something about Black Lives Matter and you don't care about it, it's the same thing as being a racist. You just won't admit it. I know people who have made some racist comments towards others, but still surprisingly post about Black Lives Matter. I think they're afraid that other people see them as being racist if they don't post something. But the thing is, they are being racist in real life, you know? Mm-hmm, Yeah. I know that some people feel like it's not their place to speak up because like they're not black or they don't have many black friends. And you know, I was one of those people at some point. I admit it. But I realized that it doesn't matter that I'm white or that I don't have many black friends. What matters is that I support the BLM movement and I should do whatever I can to help the cause. Like it can be something as simple as signing a petition but I need to help the cause. And I have a bit of a story time with this. Um, so I'm in university now, but uh, when I was in high school, our grade 12 class was of 64 students. And only one of those students was a black person. So you can't expect everyone to be friends with them or them to be friends with everyone. But what you can expect is that everyone supports the Black Lives Matter movement. Okay, you know what? Like, for a long time, um, I didn't want to post things on social media because I was scared that other people would judge me because I don't have many black friends, you know? And I'm scared that other people are going to think that I only do this to follow the trend, which, you know, I obviously I'm not doing that for, for that. But it's not because I don't have black friends that... I don't support the movement, you know, but yeah, for a long time, I thought that um, people are going to judge me because of that. Yeah, and I think a lot of people feel the same, and that's why it's important that we talk about it. Um, But I just want to talk a bit about broadcast networks. Like, just think about it. When you see a black person on the news or, you know, on a post on Instagram, Is it usually positive or negative? 
Because at least to me, it's very negative. Like, I see a lot of posts about a white couple having kids, a, a white author uh, just publishing a book. But when it comes to black people, it's always negative stuff. And that can play with your mind. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Very rarely do we see people um, posting about positive stuff um, about the black community. Um, when I see um, some news about um, the black community, it's normally um, a murder, uh, something very negative, you know? It's like kind of brainwashing us. Yes, like you said, when we see black people on the media, it's either a crime, but thinking about it, recently, it's also a crime against them, like uh, George Floyd, like uh, Breonna Taylor, like Jacob Blake. I mean, we could go on and on. So it's either yeah. they're being portrayed as the bad guy or they're the victims of horrifying acts and you know it's not the only thing that's against black people because there's a lot of racism that we don't see in the media yeah for example racial discrimination in the labor market so stanford university published a paper a couple years ago about basically racism in our society in the u.s of course They have a stat that's super interesting about interview callback rates. So the average callback for white-named women is 10%. But the average callback rate for a black woman is only 6%. And to me, that's simply ridiculous because it's almost half. Mm -hmm of the callback rate of white women. And I need to specify that the resumes in this experiment were all identical. So that's really crazy. Yeah, and I think like a big part of that is because how social media platforms are constantly brainwashing us. Um and we like and they they're changing the perspective on how we see black people and Well, at least they try, you know. Um, and, you know, black people always seem to get in trouble. Um, and that's the only side that we see because that's the only side that is posted on these social media platforms. And, like, whether we want it or not, like, our perception yeah. becomes more and more negative towards the black community And that's why, like, managers tend to be less attracted to black people because of their bad reputation that has been built on these social media platforms. And obviously, it's not even true. And this reputation was built, like, by the media over the years. Like, it's it's not something that's recent, you know. It's been, it's been there for a, a, quite a while, which is why, like, so many people don't support the Black Lives Matter. But obviously, they're not going to... They're not going to admit that they don't support the movement because they know that it's bad to not support the movement, but they still are not supporting the movement. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. And, you know, I think also a big reason why there is less opportunity in the labor market for black people is because there are also less black bosses. 
So when you think of big uh, Fortune 500 companies, I mean, I don't know all of them for sure, but when you think about those, like Amazon, Microsoft, Apple, yeah, Apple, Facebook, they're all white, and they're all very white, you know, so, first of all, there is less opportunity for kids to have someone to look up to, like, they don't see, uh, you know, a black CEO, a black billionaire, and if they see one, they see one, so, when you have CEOs of colors, they have a lot of power, they have a lot of money, and they make influence, but there are none. So, you know, the power is in the hands of the white people. Yeah. Recently, I've been watching um, this type of YouTube videos that YouTubers make, um, and basically they're buying stuff from black-owned businesses, and I really like that, you know? Um, and I really hope that it's not just a trend, because it seems like it's just a trend, because already... I don't even see this type of video as much as like two weeks ago, you know, and I, I just really hope that people aren't doing that for the trend, but I hope they're actually supporting that, um, and I hope people will continue to support them um, no matter what. Yeah, I totally agree with you, but I think that apart from buying stuff from Black-owned businesses they should also donate their proceeds from those videos because if they don't, like, they're just using black people to make money and the whole cycle isn't broken at all. It's just reinforced. Yeah, um, I watched the video of Best Dress, Ashley, um, Alicia Marie, Miss Remy Ashton, Nikki DeMar... Um, they all have this huge platform. They have like millions of subscribers and I feel like that's encouraging encouraging other people to also do that, to buy from black-owned businesses. But I like the fact that these YouTubers are also um, donating their proceeds to the black community. Yeah, and like you said, they have s such huge platforms so they can do something about what's happening right now. And I think some influencers and just people in general think that, you know, showing publicly that you're anti-racism is a political move, but it's not at all. Like, when you think about it, every single person from Trump supporters to Bernie Sanders supporters should be in support. Oh, that's a lot of support in one sentence. Should be in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. It's not an issue related to partisanship at all. Yeah, and also for someone to become racist, it means that this person has been raised in a family where people have racist thoughts towards the community. And it can also be the fact that this person has surrounded himself with racists. And as a kid, you don't really know what's right and what's wrong. Your parents tell you whether you're doing things right or wrong. But if your parents are being racist, they will transmit their thoughts to their kids and the kids will believe that it is normal and it is right to think like that. And he's also going to transmit his opinion, his point of view to his friends. And his friends might think that his point of view is right. 
which obviously I hope that they're f- mm-hmm. that his friends tell him that it's totally wrong, you know. Um, yeah. But that's like some, like you don't become racist like from a day to another day, you know. It's it's a, it's a long process. Um, it comes from your family background, um, who you're surrounded with, and just your whole environment. Yeah, I totally agree with you, and I think you know racism comes a lot from hate. And I don't believe that we're born hateful. Yeah. I think that's totally something we develop. Yeah. And, you know, at some point, you should realize that what you've been taught or what you're thinking is wrong. And I think most people do. But it's still not enough. Because... You know, a lot of people say that we've made progress, and that's true. But, yeah, we did. It's not enough. Like Yeah, we still have a long way to go. Yeah, exactly. And I think it comes back to the fact that we need to look at the bigger picture. We need to be aware of systemic racism, which is basically the racism that's in our institutions, in schools, in prisons, in the government instead of just focusing on individual racism. Yeah, for sure. And also, like, I feel I feel like, you know, I totally agree with the fact that you said that a lot of it comes from hate. Um, and I think a lot of stereotypes are built from events that you've um, encountered. Um, for example, I'm just giving a random example, by the way. Um, for example, you have a business and a black person comes to your store and steals something, you will have, like, some people will develop this kind of thought that will attach this guy to the whole community that he represents. Um, And maybe, like, next time that he sees a black person in his store, uh, that the owner will will be more aware, will be more careful about this guy because he's black. Just because the last guy who stole stuff from his store was black. But this kind of thought should not even be existent. But I understand that that he's being careful and paying attention, but I don't think that he should pay more attention because he's black. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, you know, that's something that's very different between how we treat uh, white people, or like myself, and black people. Um, We tend to, you know, forget that a white person has done something wrong. So let's say it's a white person that steals something. Like the next time you see a white person, you won't necessarily think, oh, they're all stealers. That said, the opposite happens. For black people, the exact opposite. Like, that's not okay. That's (laughs) That's not not okay at all. Yeah, that's not normal. But the reality is, it is the norm. And that's something that needs to change. Because we can't live in a world like that. Yeah, and... Okay, I have something random. I mean, it's not random, but I, it just made me think of that. It's just a random story. <laughs> um, so, I always had this insecurity of calling someone black. 
um, like I I didn't like to call them, like I didn't like to say, oh you're black. I just I feel like the the word black has a negative connotation because of how a lot of people perceive the black community as being a community that doesn't have a lot of education, um, that are very violent. Um, but I've realized that black is just as beautiful. And I shouldn't be scared to say that someone is black. You know, you, you shouldn't be ashamed to to say that you're black or to... Well, no one should be ashamed to say, like, what ethnicity they are. And, you know, it's... Well, like you said, I think uh, the word black has had a lot of negative connotation associated with it. So we need to change that and make people realize that we're all equal and... Well, the thing is, we need to make people realize that. Being black is beautiful. It's not just as beautiful, it is beautiful. And I realize that calling someone black is not something bad. It's not something bad. It's, it's what they represent. It's their culture. It's, and it's perfect. And we should all accept everyone as how they are and how they're born. I'd like to go back a bit to systemic racism. Because I think it's something that a lot of people kind of forget, honestly. Like, most people fo focus on individual kinds of racism. And this example is not related to most black people, but it is related to Muslims. So, like we said um, in our trailer video, Angie and I are from Quebec, Montreal. And there was a law... Uh, la loi 21, uh, law 21, that was, a uh, bill 21, sorry, um, that was passed about a year and a half ago, I would say. Basically, it's a law that illegalized any kind of religious symbols um, when you were for the government. So, for example, a Muslim woman that wears a hijab can't wear it if she works for um, the government, let's say as a teacher. So a Jew can wear his kippah if he's a politician, which is completely ridiculous. And, you know, something that... Yeah, because I think, I think that they should be free to represent their culture and where they're from and their background. Yes. It's very important. Yes, exactly. And, you know, that's something directly against minorities and just you know something that's completely ironic about the whole thing is that you know in our national assembly which is well the place where uh, you know politicians gather when they vote for for laws uh, there's a cross and the prime minister said that the cross stays because it's not religious, it's historic, which is, uh, you know, I keep saying ridiculous, but it is ridiculous. And think about it, uh, when white people occupy most position of decision-making power, um, 
people of color have a difficult time getting these jobs or having like yeah this type of power they like minorities just don't have the power of making decisions whether it's like at schools offices um court system police they just don't even yeah. get in they don't even get in that community because they don't get yeah. accepted from And the start you know i think one big way to change you know the inequality that's going on right now would be to have people of color religions and different sexual orientations um would be to have them in influential places such as our government and that doesn't only apply to like black people it also applies to other minorities um and we're going to talk about that uh, in future episodes on our podcast so stay tuned for that um but today we're mostly going to focus on the black uh, community because i think it's a very big problem um and obviously other um communities are just as important but uh we really wanted to designate this episode specifically to the black community yes of course and to finish we are going to answer a question from our dear friend Helen and she's asking us how do you think the movement of BLM and defunding the police will progress that's a tough one because it's a very touchy subject um i personally think that defunding might not be the answer i think yeah because you know we're not in the US but here i think in canada it's a lot better because well you don't hear about this many police officers shooting black people like a uh, you know it's normal yeah cuz we we don't have guns we don't have guns yeah here. because we don't have the freaking nra that's only for guns and we canada is just basically um a safer country yes canada is a lot safer and i think you know to be honest we're peaceful yeah we are a lot more peaceful a yeah. lot more peaceful because we have a lot stricter regulations around guns and you know in my opinion that's the biggest problem with um the US because you know usually officers like say oh he was pulling out his gu- his gun it was self defense but the little black kid the little 14 year old kid doesn't have a gun but that said it is legal it would be legal for him to have a gun so if that is all made illegal well police officers wouldn't have any excuses they would get what they deserve yeah and defunding the police will not be the solution because i think I think that policemen are still very important in our society at least in Canada. They make sure that the population is protected. Um mm-hmm. if you know you have if you're in danger, uh police are the people who are able to help you. Um so I don't think that defunding the police will actually m- 
change something, I think that it might actually go worse. Um, and especially f for uh, the states, if there's no policemen, well, people will just pulling out guns and shooting everyone and no one will be arresting them, which that will be a very big problem. But I do think that the police that are being racist and shooting random people because they're black, that's totally not it. And I think what would be, what would make a difference, I think, would be to train the police department. Yeah, I agree with you. I think there needs to be a lot more checks, you know, just to make sure that the people that are supposed to protect us are good people. You know, this all goes back to systemic racism because the police is the system. The police is part of the authority, the power of the society. They get to decide who they want to arrest. Exactly. And I think that they should, should at least respect everyone. Um, whether you're black, you're white, you're Asian, whatever you are. Um, and I think that should be part of their training and not just shoot everyone that you see that they think is dangerous. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree with I you. I think that's like a lack of their system, of the training system of the police department. Yeah, totally. I think we're going to end it with that. Thank you so much, Angie, for doing this with me. And thank you so much, Helen, for your question. Yeah, thank you so much, Helen. By the way, she has like three other questions. But uh, if you guys want us to talk more about the Black Lives Matter movement, well, we will definitely be talking more about it during our other episodes that are coming up. Um, for sure, for but sure. But yeah, for sure, yeah. And be sure to follow us on our socials. So our Instagram is at inequality. Our Twitter is at inequality underscore and you can also follow us on spotify um so yeah make sure to follow us and stay tuned for the next episodes that are coming we're gonna talk about racism of course um and also other inequalities in the society we're also gonna talk about a lot of other stuff like applying to schools because our dear angie is going to college next year and also we're gonna talk about um, the inequalities that musicians encounter um, because I am a musician and I have a lot to say about that because um, there are a lot of negative connotation, negative thoughts, negative opinion, point of view towards musicians um, and we will also be talking about that in the, in the upcoming episode so if you're, you're interested in that definitely make sure to follow us Thank you so much, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye!